are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for our Thursday episode, my co-host, Nick Lee. Thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We've got a jam-packed episode coming your way. Even though the Seahawks will not be playing in this weekend's Super Wild Card round, won't be appearing in the playoffs at all this season, still plenty to discuss as they transition from the 2021 campaign into the offseason. And we're going to start dishing out some postseason awards beginning today with the MVP award. Now for your lead story here on Locked on Seahawks. Nick, if there's a positive to a season coming to an end, you could really say this for all 32 NFL teams, it's knowing that players that were injured at the end of the season, in most cases at least, are going to be 100% healthy and ready to go when you return to the football field in late summer for the start of the upcoming season. And in the case of the Seahawks, Pete Carroll provided some encouraging updates on several injured players that would fit that bill going into next season. We'll start off here first with Quandre Diggs because it's the most recent injury. We saw him fracture his fibula. If you actually saw the replay of that, I'm sorry that you had to watch that. Very difficult to see that there's a reason they didn't replay it during the telecast. But had his surgery a few days ago. It was successful. The player himself tweeted that it was a success. Four to five month recovery time window is going to be a free agent in March, but with no ligament damage, Nick, he should be able to make a full recovery. And you can make the argument compared to the other couple of players we're going to be talking about, Jamal Adams and Chris Carson. He's probably got the best path to coming back 100% healthy given the nature of his injury. Yeah, I mean, you know, clean break and all that stuff. That it's kind of a weird thing to think about, but yeah, because you know you think about Chris Carson with the neck and, and Jamal Adams with the shoulder and just all the a couple of injuries he's had. Both of those are, if not career ending, in, in, in potential cases at least career altering. And Quandre Diggs's injury, you know, he's he's young enough, he's healthy enough, he's had a pretty decent track record of staying healthy to where he can come back and and be just fine. Where Chris Carson and Jamal Adams have had a ton of tread on the tires and a couple of injuries that have really dragged it down. So, um, of course, the biggest wild card here is, yeah, four to five-month recovery for Quandre Diggs, and you'd love to have him in the 2022 picture for the Seahawks, but that means the Seahawks got to open the wallet because he's a free agent, and other teams might be interested. And my thought is, it, it, is it, it, in a weird way, it could benefit the Seahawks that he ended the season. I don't want of course, I don't want to wish an injury, but it could benefit him that he did end the season injured, injured and, and that he, he might – Ha- not have as high of a price tag perhaps as he would have had he finished the season super strong and super healthy. Um, of course, I, I, I hate, I hate to say it in such a positive way, but um, I'm, I'm just looking for any way the, the, the Seahawks can, can keep him and, and, and be able to afford his services because we're going to talk about MVPs in a little bit. He was absolutely one of the top two or three players on this team in 2021. So the Seahawks really got to find a way to, to keep him. And as far as Jamal Adams and Chris Carson go, um, they're in good spirits that Pete Carroll said. And of, of course, talking with them, you, you, you know, that they're devastated that they didn't get it. They didn't get to finish um, with their brothers at the end. And especially, you know, you, you have a guy like Jamal Adams. If I think if, you know, they, he stays healthy all year and they use him properly, we could be having a very different conversation 
about where the Seahawks are at at this time of year. But um, both of those guys are under contract for next year and, and you expect them to be fully healthy. But yeah, as far as the overall prognosis over the next six, seven, eight months leading into next year, I definitely feel the best about Quandre Diggs. Yeah, I think it's crazy when you consider the severity of the injury. But again, not having any ligament damage, to me, that was huge news a couple hours after the injury once it became known that that was something he had avoided because that would have been a complication that really affects not just your recovery timeline, but that could be something that impacts your ability to play at 100% for the foreseeable future. We see guys with ligament damage that they're healthy enough to play but they're not themselves. You typically don't see that with guys coming back from broken bones. And so I would think that his prognosis is looking pretty good. He's going to have a tough road. The next four or five months are going to be really difficult coming back from a fractured fibula, but he should be in good shape by the time football comes back for training camp. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to participate some at OTAs, whether he's with the Seahawks or another team. The other two players, Jamal Adams, I, I still have a pretty positive viewpoint on him too, even though he has torn the labrum in the same shoulder two consecutive years and now has had surgery on that shoulder twice. That is a little bit worrisome, but it's also a surgery that has a pretty good success rate coming back from it. And that seems like it's kind of a freak situation where that happens twice in a two-year span. So I wouldn't be overly concerned about that. He has had a few other injuries, though, in his physical play style. You got to wonder if that's going to lend itself to him just having consistent durability problems, which would be horrific considering what the Seahawks gave up to acquire him from the Jets. And as for Chris Carson, I hope Carson makes it back. And, and everything Pete Carroll has said at this point suggests that he's going to be good to go. But we're talking about a running back that has had some pretty significant injuries in his career already up to this point and he's coming back from neck surgery, I need to see him on the field playing and able to take hits before I can come to the judgment that he's still going to be an impact player. I think it's anyone's guess right now what Chris Carson's going to look like when he gets in the field. And then you got to wonder, can he stay healthy? Because people talk about Rashad Penny's injuries. Chris Carson's had several really severe ones. He had a fractured ankle. He had a cracked hip. Now he's had this neck surgery, and we're talking significant. These are not, you know, I've got a sore hamstring type injuries. These are significant year-ending injuries that Carson has had in three different seasons in a five-year career. So we'll have to wait and see. Everything Pete Carroll said so far suggests they're thinking he's going to be ready to go, and there is a long time until training camp starts. So he's got a lot of time to get right. But anytime you hear the two words neck and surgery together, for a football player, regardless of position, that is not good news. And then you start talking about a position that's constantly getting blasted, like running back. I need to see what he looks like on the field. Hopefully he will be good to go. But all three of those players, Pete Carroll's expecting to be ready, full bore for the start of the season. We'll just have to see if all three of them are on the Seahawks roster, most notably Quandre Diggs. When we return, we're going to be talking MVP, an award that's typically belonged to Russell Wilson pretty much every year. He pretty much, pretty much put his name on that award every year since the Seahawks drafted him back in 2012. That might not be the case this year, though, with how things played out for the player and the team. Nick and I are going to be dishing out our picks here in a moment. I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. As we head into the playoffs, for me personally, I'm going to stick with my preseason Super Bowl pick. I think this is the year 
Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills finally get their first Lombardi trophy. They got a tough first game coming up in the Super Wildcard round, but this is a talented team that can put points on the board in a hurry. So that's my pick. But if you want to know what OnlineGambling.com's picks are, check out the OG tip section on the website. Find their Super Bowl picks as well as the inside track on how to beat the odds throughout the NFL playoffs. Make sure to visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's postseason. You're listening to the Thursday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith, joined by Nick Lee. As always, thanks for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We've reached the conclusion of the 2021 season. The Seahawks will not be playing in the playoffs. They won't have a game this weekend during Super Wildcard Weekend. So they are fully invested now in the offseason. That means it's time for 2021 awards. We're going to start with the most notable, the biggest award, the MVP, the most valuable player. And as I mentioned a few moments ago, Nick, this has typically been an award that you probably could have put Russell Wilson's name on the trophy before you played your first game in week one. He had been Iron Man, never had missed any games, consistently one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think it's safe to say this year, though, even though number three had pretty good numbers, considering he missed three games and dealt with some injury issues this year, I think it's safe to say that he doesn't really belong in contention for this award, especially with the team going 7-10. to Yeah, look, I mean, the NHL calls their MVP the, the Hart Trophy, I believe. I mean, for the Seahawks, it should be the Russell Wilson Trophy. It really should. Um, but, yeah, you, you lay out some good points. And, yeah, he did have, you know, 25 touchdowns to six picks in, in 14 games. That's a pretty decent ratio. Um, and, and especially the last couple games, he was just lights out and played vintage Russ. Um, but it, it was just too little too late. And that stretch where he was not only hurt, but playing hurt and playing ineffectively, that really that really drove it down. So I honestly didn't give him much of a consideration. Uh, I him MVP. I, I, that's really weird to say. He's a ring of honor, future Hall of Famer. Um, but this just wasn't the year. I mean, every if you look back, most Hall of Fame quarterbacks have a year or two like this. I mean, it was it oh oh eight for Tom Brady what, that year that Tom Brady tore his ACL, you know, I forget what year that was. And Aaron Rodgers a couple years ago had a very subpar year to his standard. So it happens. I expect a full bounce back wherever he is in 2022. But strictly talking guys who I think deserve it, for me, the debate was between Tyler Lockett and Quandre Diggs. And you I those are my offensive and defensive players of the year when we get their spoiler. Um but as far as MVP, I, I do tend to, to lean towards offense and production. And for me, the pick, I, I, for me, the pick is Tyler Lock. And I'll, I'll give my case. You know, he was the most consistent player on offense, even when things were bad. Yeah, he had a couple, you know, lulls and down games in there. But who the heck did it? When you go seven and ten, and last place in your division, everyone on your team is going to have at least one bad game. And, 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 but when the Seahawks scored just 13 points in that loss to the Cardinals earlier in the year, Lockett caught four balls for 115 yards, 15 points scored against uh, the Washington football team on Monday night. Lockett was three catches for 96 yards. And an, another interesting thing I found is that Russell Wilson's, or excuse me, Tyler Lockett of, of his, of the top six games of his entire career for receiving yards in game logs, Three of them, half of them, happened this year. 
So in seven years, 111 games, the top six games for receiving, three of them happened this season. He was arguably had his best game of his career, and and it, and the season was bookended by Tyler Lockett catching two touchdowns to put Seattle over the edge and wins over the Colts and Cardinals. And he didn't even play 17 games. He worked, he, he missed week 15 against the Rams, and so the numbers aren't skewed by 17 games. And and lastly, you know, he set a career high with 100 or 1,175 receiving yards. He was ninth in the NFL in receiving yards fifth in the NFL in yards per reception, fourth in yards per target. And the thing that's that sticks out to me, Corbin, 107 targets this year for Tyler Lockett, zero drops, zero fumbles. The only pass catcher of 31 in the entire league that had at least 900 receiving yards, the only one with zero drops is Tyler Lockett. Just efficient, reliable, and he was again this year despite all the chaos. You made a lot of the points that stood out to me when I was trying to decide my MVP candidate, and I strongly considered Lockett. He was my runner-up. I, I also want to give a little bit of a shout-out to my third-place nominee. And in the secondary, I think DJ Reed, even though the numbers don't necessarily jump out, only had two interceptions. They both happened against the Lions in Week 17. If you look at his numbers since he moved back to right cornerback in Week 4, he was truly a shutdown corner for the Seahawks. Opposing quarterbacks had less than a 50% completion rate and didn't throw a single touchdown against him in the last 12 games that he played in. Their passer rating was under 50. He was among league leaders for limiting yards after the catch per reception. He had a 92 grade on pro football focus over the last four games, which is the highest among corners in the NFL. And I think his grade should have been higher than that earlier in the season. I mean, this guy week in, week out was playing outstanding football. So I gave him some consideration for this award. Just didn't quite have the gaudy stats that you're looking for from an MVP, but he certainly deserved to be in that discussion. Bobby Wagner, I briefly thought about because of his tackle numbers, but as great as those were, I looked at the rest of his numbers and like, you know what? The coverage numbers aren't great this year. He missed more tackles than usual. You could say the same thing with Jordan Brooks in terms of there were still some plays left in the field. I considered more defensive guys than offense this year, but Lockett and Quandre Diggs were my top two. I'm rolling with Quandre Diggs, though, as we mentioned the first quarter about him being a priority to re-sign a free agency. I think it is a must. They have to find a way to make it work, and I know you already have invested so much money in Jamal Adams, but... This team without a viable free safety, that defense collapses. It is a critical position in Pete Carroll's defense. And this guy is one of the best ball hawking center fielders you're going to see in the game. Earlier this year, he became the first player to have three or more interceptions in each of the past five seasons. So you want to talk about reliability and consistency. Quandre Diggs has provided that to Seattle secondary. He has 13 picks since they traded for him in 2019. He had five picks last year. He led the team again this year with five interceptions. And oh, by the way, a career high, 94 tackles coming up and just smacking people. There were a few that he left on the field this season, but really a very reliable tackler when they needed him would come up through the alley and blow people up. And so really the complete package. He was named a pro bowler for the second straight season. I believe he deserves to be an all pro selection. I'll be surprised if he is picked for that because typically you're going to see players from winning teams are going to get most of those recognitions. But I think he deserves to be an all-pro. He's been that good for the Seahawks. And then when you just consider, this is the other thing that really stood out to me when I made the selection. 
when he got hurt last week, the response that you saw from his teammates, from the players on the Cardinals, you saw people from other teams coming out on social media and in press conferences, the respect that this man commands, not only in his own locker room, but across the league, he might not be getting a lot of Pro Bowls or a lot of all pros on his resume, but he is respected like that type of player. And he's he's such an invaluable leader for the Seahawks on and off the field. I think when you look at the complete package, Tyler Lockett had a few games that he kind of disappeared, and not all of that was his fault because the quarterback situation, he and Geno Smith didn't seem like there was much of a connection there. DK Metcalf, on the other hand, seemed to have a better rapport with Geno Smith. There were some games that kind of got lost in there. I felt like Quandre Diggs from week one to week 18 was Seattle's best and most consistent player. And for that reason, to me, this was kind of a slam dunk to pick him as the MVP. Yeah, I mean, you make some really good points. I mean, I have, I think it's it's Lockett and it's Quandre Diggs, and then there's a large gap for me. I mean, it's just one, two right there. However you do it, I have zero, zero problem with naming Quandre Diggs team MVP. And I know that the pro football reference, you know, targets for defensive players is a bit squirrely. Um, but according to pro football reference, against 44 targets this year, he's allowed a 63.4 passer rating, which is extremely impressive. And yeah, 10 interceptions the last two years, 13 total. I mean, he, he's just the complete package. He really is. He's the, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. thinks Quandre Diggs is a good center fielder. I mean, that, and he's just, has been so valuable to this team. And it just broke my heart to see his season end the way it did. Yeah. And yeah, you mentioned that the, the response, not only from the Seahawks, but around the league, the fans, the social media, just, it shows that just how valuable, which is the most valuable player that Quandre Diggs is. So you make some excellent points. I have zero problem whatsoever naming Quandre Diggs MVP. I just went with an offensive player. I just kind of favor that side. And I just liked how productive Tyler Lockett was despite the storm. And I guess you could argue the same thing as the, the defense was trying to figure themselves out early in the year. Quandre Diggs was that steady presence. And I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm not going to lie. I considered Rashad Penny briefly, even though he really only played half the season, a little less than half of the season. But that's just how dynamite Rashad Penny was over the last six games for the Seahawks. I briefly thought about it. This needs to be a full season award. But if we were looking at second half MVPs, it would be Rashad Penny running away like he ran away from defenders for the last six weeks. So I at least considered him. I briefly thought about Al Woods because the big fella deserves love the way he played for the Seahawks this year. But we're talking most valuable player. Again, it's got to be somebody that's been great week one to week 17 or week 18 in this case. There's truly been invaluable and irreplaceable to me Quandre Diggs at that free safety position and he could make that argument for Tyler Locke as well those two have been the most irreplaceable players for the Seahawks in the roster the most consistent and reliable so you could make a strong argument for either one of them we'll have more awards coming up in upcoming episodes offensive player of the year defensive player of the year comeback player of the year a number of other awards that we will be going through over the next several weeks here on Locked on Seahawks. We're going to be transitioning into a Thursday game here in a moment, one that we've never played on this podcast. But before we get to that point, I want to tell you guys about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. 
I've been using it frequently. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. So don't wait to pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside and download the app to use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, like myself, are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's absolutely no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash it out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card, such as Amazon or other brands. So just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action in 2022. It's a new year with a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. We've got a certain local baseball team, as long as they play this season, I'm thinking makes sense for a future bet as well. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for listening to our Thursday episode of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joined by Nick Lee. Thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Something that Nick and I have always enjoyed doing on this show. We like to mix in games to close out shows. And this year we didn't have as many opportunities to do that. But the two of us were thinking there's supposed to be a meeting taking place today in the Pacific Northwest with Jody Allen and Pete Carroll and John Schneider. It's anyone's guess what's going to be the outcome of that meeting. There still are some people speculating there could be some changes coming. I would suspect it's not going to be Pete Carroll and John Snyder exiting stage left, but there might be some changes in how business is operating. We'll have to see what the results of that meeting are. But you and I were discussing and thought, you know what? It'd be interesting to take a sneak peek behind closed doors and see what the conversation after the 2021 season between Pete Carroll and John Schneider might look like. So we're going to play a little role play here. And you and I had to argue about this for a few minutes, but I decided since I'm the one with the beard, I will be John Schneider. And since you're the one with the starburst gum, we're going to let you be Pete Carroll today. Yeah, I'm not much of a gum chewer, um, but I got my juicy fruit starburst, not a sponsor, but could be. Um, And I'm just going to start, you know, I don't think one or two pieces is enough. So we'll just, you just keep talking just, and I'll just take the whole box. The whole yeah. box. You just keep talking. I know these, these probably lost like five seconds. So you just keep talking. I'll just keep putting it in and we'll get rolling. Yeah. All right, Pete. I, I think that, you know, looking how this season played out and uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't compete for a championship like we aspire to do each and every year. We didn't get to the playoffs. We were out of the playoff race really for most of the second half of the season Big changes not necessarily needed to be made, but we we need to find ways to build this roster. So I want to talk draft here first, and we've got the Senior Bowl coming up. And just so you know, Pete, we'll have a chance to break this down. In fact, I just emailed. You should be able to see on your screen. We've got our draft board for this season pretty much already ready to go. 25 players ready, 
23 of them senior bowl players. All of them are 30 years old. And we've got seven defensive ends on there that might be the next Michael Bennett. Well, you know, I, first I, you know, I like, I like that. I like the 30 year old thing. You know, that's, 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 and I, you know, you want mature guys. And well, obviously I think our first pick's about 40, 41st overall, you know, please don't trade back 50 times, you know, just let, let us, let us draft, you know, Kenneth Walker, Kenneth Walker running back first, you know, we're going to, we're going to draft him first. We're going to draft him first, build around him. I don't get, you know, or heck, I like that kid from BYU, Tyler Algier. Runs the heck out of the football, physical. We'll just take both of them. You know, we'll take, we'll, we'll draft both of them, and we'll build around that. Now, that Tyler Algier kid, he's incredibly, incredibly physical. The kind of football we want to play in Seattle. You know, maybe they'll just take both of them. You know, the rest of them we'll spend. You know, we'll draft four offensive linemen after the fourth round, and you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how they go. No centers though. I think we'll re-sign Ethan Posick. He's a future All-Pro. That Creed Humphrey guy just. I, I didn't like him in the draft. I just didn't like how he fit. He just didn't. I just didn't fit our physical style. Oh, he was an all-pro. Oh, oops. Um. Well, you know, it, it just didn't fit our style. You know. So we'll start with two running backs. You know, Kenneth Walker, Tyler Algio, built from there. The rest, offensive line, maybe mix in a pass rusher because we got to fix that pass rush. Got to fix that pass rush, John. You know, we got to we got to be more physical up front. But that, those are my thoughts. I think we can go with a running back. That that might make some sense for us this year. Uh, but uh, I, please let me trade back at least three times. We need to recoup some picks. We've only got six of them. Uh, thanks, Jamal. Uh, we've only got six of them right now. But uh, I'd like to have eight, nine, 10, 31 draft picks before we get done with this. And, uh, and then we can check off your four offensive linemen after the fourth round. And hopefully one of them is on the team when we start the season in September. That would be a pretty good result. Uh, meanwhile, the guy that they're going to be protecting, uh, Pete, I think I think we need to talk about Russell Wilson here. And before we decided to meet today, I actually picked up the phone and dialed up my good friend Ryan Pace and uh, was hoping to continue our conversation that we had about Russell Wilson last year. But uh, oddly enough, uh, when I called the number, it said uh, this number is not available. And then I quickly realized, oh, wait, uh, Ryan Pace doesn't have a job right now. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Well, we, Russ is great. We love Russ. Oh. Yeah, he he, love, he knows that. We love him. We want him here in Seattle. We wouldn't get very far without him. Everything is great between us. You know, he's the best quarterback in football. We're lucky to have him in Seattle. Our relationship couldn't be better. Now, there's no issue there. The media likes to take things and run with it. Now, you know I like running. I'll, I'll run with stuff, but this isn't something to run with. I, but it's, you know, a lot of what the media has done. It's a lot of hyperbole, which is something I know nothing about. So, you know, it's all been overblown. Russ is great. We love Russ. You know, business as usual heading into 2022. He's our quarterback. If we're going to have Russ around, I think you and I are both in agreement that we need to have Russ here uh, since Ryan Pace isn't available to talk to you anymore. Uh, I think we need to talk about what we do to build around him going into the season. And uh, you mentioned the pass rush. You talked to the media about it. I told you to keep that stuff secret, but you don't necessarily listen to what I had to say on that regard. So uh, what, what's your game plan for what we should do to address that pass rush during free agency? Yeah. A couple of, a couple of guys, you know, minimum, minimum 32 years old, you know, minimum four years since our last pro bowl. And a couple of guys in the market there. I think one guy I'm looking really closely at, he's a pro bowler back in 1998. Love that guy. Love how, love, love how he looks. Remind me, 
just like Michael Bennett. I think he'll be the next Michael Bennett. I love, I love what I see from him. But, you know, you got you got to be better up front, both ways. Fix the pass rush. Got to be better up front. We got to be bigger. Got to be stronger. Got to be faster in the trenches. We just, we're we're going to look all over the place to find the right group of guys that will help help us run the ball more. I mean, we got to run the ball better. We got to run the ball better. And we got to run the ball better. We got to be more the physical team. And we got to find a way also to, you know, re-sign some guys. We want, we want Condre Diggs back. You know, we want Rashad Penny back. Rashad Penny, you know, was, was our most valuable player the last few few weeks. We got to build our team around him. We got to, we got to run the ball better. And that comes with re-signing the best running back we had in the team last year. We love him back in Seattle and we, we hope we can work something out there. And I'm fine re-signing those guys. I'm going to delegate to you as I have for the last decade or so and let you make a lot of those personnel choices. But if there's one thing that I want to cut right to the chase on here, Pete, um, just so you know, I almost have a bingo on my 2013 NFL draft bingo card in two different places. So there's a couple different ways we can do this. I don't know that I can get uh, Steve Kime to trade us DeAndre Hopkins, but I at least can make a call. I mean, can you imagine him with Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf? What a trio. And, you know, maybe we could include D. Estridge in there after the season. Still think he could be a good player, but, you know, maybe we can get DeAndre. And then uh, Lane Johnson, you know, the Eagles are in the playoffs, but you know, he's going to be a little older player. He could help our offensive line, but that really is my ultimate goal this free agency period. Uh, can we find a way? And Tavon Austin, I think that he's still in the league. A few of the guys on here. Dean Milliner, what's he up to these days? I mean, we have a few other names out here that we haven't brought to Seattle yet from this incredible draft class. And I want to get at least one of them into the fold here for this next season. That, I believe, could be what takes us over the top and uh, gets us back into the playoff discussion. Uh, and oh, by the way, if there are any other offensive linemen that were first-round picks in the last five years that got benched by their respective teams and are available this year, I'm ready to open up the checkbook. Try to pop in my uh, my eighth piece of gum here. So, first of all, love Lane Johnson. He's probably 52 years old, perfect age. You know that we need for him for for a ta- for a tackle spot or guard. You know he can play multiple positions. And you know we can find a corner off the scrap heap. We don't need to spend a high draft pick on a corner. We don't need to pay big money for a corner. Just find him on the scrap heap. I'll teach him the kick step. Walk in the park, piece of cake. So we don't need to spend big on corners. So Xavier Rhodes, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about him, but yeah, let's, let's look at Lane Johnson. I think he's the perfect age, the perfect amount. I don't know. He might be too expensive though, because he's playing pretty well for a playoff team, but uh, you know, getting DeAndre Hopkins is probably out, out of the question, but certainly, you know, who, where's our next Luke Jokel? That's what I want to know, John. Where's our next Luke Jokel? We'll have to be looking in free agency and see where those guys are at. But uh, Nick, I can't stay in character anymore. <laughs> I completely just, <laughs> I I really enjoyed that. But I, you know, just the chance for us to try to peer behind the curtain just a little bit there. And uh, our listeners, they got to give us some credit for at least staying in character there. And it was kind of like South Park. We could have put a little bit of a asterisk before the show impersonated poorly these are not ones that we've practiced a lot but as always uh we we have a lot of fun on this show and the opportunity to role play as those two i am very fascinated to see how this meeting actually played out what the discussion was between jody allen Pete carol and john schneider and i'm sure there's going to be some things that start leaking out here over the next 24 hours and maybe it'll be all positive but We'll just have to wait and see what the outcome of that actual meeting is. Everybody in the Pacific Northwest, Seahawks fans all over the world 
are wondering what is playing out in that meeting room. And so we'll have more on that in future episodes, probably tomorrow coming up. I'll be riding solo on our Blue Friday show. Probably have some stuff to break down from that meeting. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Thanks for listening to Locked On Seahawks podcast and making it your first listen five days a week. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Nick at Nick Lee 51. Make sure to check out Locked On Seahawks at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the all new Spotify app. Coming up tomorrow on our Blue Friday episode, I'll be sharing my thoughts on Offensive Player of the Year for the Seahawks. And I'll be dishing out some thoughts from Thursday's meeting between Jody Allen, Pete Carroll, and John Schneider, what that might mean for the future of the Seahawks heading into the 2022 offseason. As always, thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Go Hawks.